Money Show. Small business. So what have you found works and doesn't work other than MS Teams? <laughs> Not having a go at any one particular uh, platform, Pavlo Fatidis. But, I mean, you must have found lots of things that work and uh, and things that don't work. And uh, have you had a, a, a sort of a baptism of a fire over time? You know, Bruce, it's been fascinating because in the beginning, in the beginning, so many businesses that look to digitize elements of their operations suddenly did so in a sh- the shortest time possibly imaginable. So about a year, what? it's about a year and two months ago, a year and two months, a year and three months ago, when the shutdown came, everyone had to figure out how to work remotely. And everybody was grumpy about it. People had different environments at home. People had different technology. Um, There was some trepidation, a lot of excitement, a tremendous amount of apprehension. And then it started to wane and people started to get used to it. And people started to get really excited that on the same salary, I could rid myself of a transport cost that must be anywhere from 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40% of salary calculated against month end as a saving. But the environment at home had changed. A place where I lived is now a place where I worked. And I had to make some investments to improve my ability to work remotely or possibly lose my job. And we evolved from there. And I don't know if you saw, but recently, Apple JP Morgan, two companies that are essentially technology companies that are used to working remotely because of their multi-locational structure. They exist in most countries around the world. Their bosses have started to say, it's time for everyone to come back to the workplace. And surely that should leave us with questions. If they can't get it right to exist purely on a remote working infrastructure to run and grow their businesses, two of what are considered to be quite dynamic, quite innovative companies, if they can't get it right, then what does it mean for the rest of us? And what is the final play that we're going to see across the services industry? Is it sustainable or do we have to go back to what it used to be? Marissa Mayer um, took over as the chief executive of Yahoo, and Yahoo had had this great work-from-home culture long before COVID. I mean, this is a decade ago. Marissa Mayer joined about five years ago, and she said, okay, if you want a job, you'll get back to the office. Um, It was her way of cutting down on people who didn't want to work at the office, and so lots of people resigned, and so she solved an overstaffing problem. Um, And it wasn't universally popular. But I wonder whether we're not ready for a bit more social interaction. We're not ready for a little bit more uh, getting a sense of who we are and what our organization's about and what we do. And, um, you know, it's all well and good sort of putting up your hand in the Zoom call when you are desperately trying to innovate or problem solve or trying to negotiate. But it's much harder waiting your turn than simply stating your case in a room full of people. Completely. And Bruce, you know what? There's certain industries, right, where it just simply can't work. So largely in the manufacturing industry, You've, you, you're relying on plant and equipment. You're relying on a, an assembly process of some sort, a structured, project-driven, uh, operational environment with which to make the things that you make. 
Um, in that environment, no one can afford to have pieces of plant and equipment scattered around your employees' homes, and hopefully you can continue to operate as you, as you would normally in a manufacturing environment. In the area of trade, where you're bringing product in, you're sorting product, you break bulking product, you're reorganizing product, you might be assembling product. In those environments, you need a physical place of work. It's the service industry that really is of massive interest to me at the moment. And it's been fascinating to watch because if you look at where the UK is, they're way ahead on their vaccines in comparison to most other parts of the world. And the UK's economy operates on an 80% service basis. And already the ailments, the misunderstood invisible costs <laughs> that harm a business yeah. when they're not there are starting to show. And culture is certainly one of the biggest that I'm seeing. Uh, and it's so interesting. I mean, just I wonder how many companies are going to find themselves at the wrong end of the, the ethics curve as people sitting at home uh, start getting a little bit too clever because they're not being watched in the same way. They can spend a bit more time on WhatsApp than perhaps on the company mainframe. Um, and you know, discussions will happen and people will start taking chances. It's, a, I think, a natural sort of cycle, uh, cycle of things. If you, somebody is fundamentally dishonest, you may catch them in the workplace, but if they're working from home, they're much harder to keep an eye on. Yeah, but Bruce, you know what? It's, that's the easy side of it. When you, th when you start thinking about how ethics are communicated in an organization, right, so you can have your values and you can have all that type of stuff. And the organization can write up its values on the wall in the reception area. Uh, you can have a few workshops around it. But in truth, values, the words, the words themselves mean different things to different people. The word integrity is different to the word honesty. It's subtle, but it's not. And if you don't see it in practice, how do you pick up the ethics of that particular organization? What's an acceptable norm around how you behave when you face a difficult situation or when you have a profoundly upset customer or when you notice a colleague doing something that's otherwise perhaps not really acceptable? How do you know if it's acceptable or not? How do you know what it is? If you think about how ethics manifest in the workplace, normally you'd hear someone shouting from, some, from an office at someone who has done something <laughs> terrible. And the poor, sorry person walks out of that office, looking down, their tail between their legs, feeling all glum and attacked and, and embarrassed. And the gossip in the office starts. And the gossip says, well, you know, I, I think he did this. No, she did that. No, well, I heard the boss say this. Yeah. In many ways, you start to get a sense of what makes that company tick. And that is missed across the screen, especially, especially, I don't know what, my experience, Bruce, when I work with SMEs, when I work with business owners, we are zooming like crazy and cameras are on. But in the world of corporate, for some reason, it's MST, which I do understand. But the part that I don't understand is that largely, most of my commercial corporate engagements have been with cameras off. It's really hard to develop some emotions, yeah. some social engagements, some relationship, especially when problem solving or negotiating. 
How are your customers, how are your partners hiring new people? Because uh, I think that must be one of the hardest things to do. It's tough enough in the first month going into a new company and working out where, you know, the biscuits are, if there are biscuits anymore, um, or, you know, where, where the bathrooms are and where the light switches are and, you know, who, who's nuts and who's nice and uh, all of that sort of stuff. That's tough enough when you've got the physical engagement on a daily basis and you get to know the receptionist and the security guy or whatever the case might be. Um, but I think it must be blooming difficult to be new in the world of COVID. Firstly, there isn't a huge amount of hiring taking place in the first instance. And what I certainly have noticed across, across the client base that I work with, that the, the new opportunities are being offered internally before they're being offered into the market. And the reason for that, I believe, is because there's familiarity. You know, a new opportunities opened up over here. Let's give it to, to Jack. We know Jack. We know where he comes from. We know who he is. We know each other. We're familiar with each other. You know, let's wait for things to settle. Let's wait for things to, to, to be a bit more stable. And there are a couple of things driving that. Firstly, I think you're absolutely right. It's really hard to hire people remotely across screens. But secondly, there is apprehension still around the delayed impact of the vaccines sending a clear statement that, hey, we're back to normal. Uh, let's get going again. As far as those individuals who come on board, I've hired in the last year and four months, Bruce, uh, around 19 people, 20 people, and it has been profoundly awkward. We've had to engage in a whole series of activities around multiple forms of media where we've put people into WhatsApp groups. We have, we insist that all engagements are with screens on. Um, we, we break up the engagements into functional activities that we communicate to support training, to support performance. Uh, we don't only use one media being the screen. We're using phone. We're using email. We are now cautiously putting some get-togethers um, in outdoor venues. We, are, we have increased massively the social engagement in and around our team so that those new individuals who come on board can start to pick up on how do you negotiate? How do you problem solve? What are the ethics? What is the culture? What's permissible behavior? What's not? What sets the tone in the company? Um, who's, having, who's having issues with their kids and bemoaning their fate as a parent, having to work from home and school from home and live at home? And all of that starts to weave together the fabric that creates the culture of a business. Mm. And we've had to make an especially big effort to get that right for the simple fact that we're still working partly remotely. Uh, you know why you give Jack the job? <laughs> Tell me why. Because <laughs> he's nimble and he's quick. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack, jump over the candlestick. He'll do whatever you need for him. Um, Pablo Vatidis, <laughs> thank you. Weak joke. Sorry. After all of that really good and intense discussion, I went and ruined it. Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Accelerator this evening. Um, talking about what does and what does not work from home. Talking from personal experience, from the experience of many of his clients, from a corporate perspective, from a small business perspective as well. Really fabulous insights this evening. Pablo Fatidis, thank you very much indeed.